Hello there, everybody. Welcome to The Wrong Gun. Matt Cracknell's here. Hi, guys. Hello. Sat Jagalow's here. Yeah, right. Sorry. Sorry about that. I just thought I moved to my friend's room. Um... <laughs> Why are you, you laughing? You just started the thing. I don't know you'd start the thing. I, 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 I just said, hi, welcome back. We've got Matt Cracknell here, and then you just chime in. <laughs> Apologies. Right, start again. Right, let's go again. Cut away for four. Carlos Brathwaite, remember the name. And my goodness, it's gone way down to Swansea. Finishes off in style. I was, I was sat in the cabinet room and I was like hosting me on meeting. The big man, the fridge is open. He's flown like a gazelle. What can Chris Gale do? He goes long. Oh, you right. You've got a man beside you. He's got it. England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins. Hello there, everybody. Welcome to the wrong end. Matt Cracknell's here. Hi, guys. Satch Agarwal's here. Hello, lads. And Ollie Gordon also joins us from Leafy Surrey. Now the uh, the IPL's it's gone, lads. What are we gonna what are we gonna sort of fill the void in our lives with? Well, um, yeah, it lasted long enough, didn't it? To be fair, so uh, I'm not too upset in that regard. As, as good as the tournament was, it's not the T20 blast, um, and it did go on for about six months. But I have managed already to to fill the gap that that has been left by uh, locating what can only be described as the best cricket soap that I have ever come across. Probably the only cricket soap that I've only come across, <laughs> but no doubt the best, uh, on Prime Video. And I'm hooked. I'm hooked. It's called Inside Edge, and it has everything. What has it got, Ollie, to finish in? <laughs> Just what is everything? Cricket, for a start. It's got drama. And What's everything that that entails, you know, there's, you, there's hooks left, right and centre, there's different storylines you're left on the edge of your seat. Don't want to give away any spoilers, but in the first episode, the franchise, the Mumbai Mavericks, gets bought over, bought by uh, someone who turns out, spoiler again, that it's he's a baddie and he's we don't actually want him owning the franchise. Um, so you've got that going on. The star player is is arrogant and he's, he's out womanising. So you've got that whole storyline. There's a new player who's... Um, struggling to set in so you've got that going on honestly there there is so much going on against the backdrop of the indian super league i think it's called no copyright on that so so yeah honestly get get involved prime video inside edge are you sure this is not just a bci bcci version of the test <laughs> it could well be it could well be <laughs> as far as i'm aware from the little bits that you've sent me oh, no. I, I just received a message saying uh, begins with a really tense scene as they search for their star batsman who is in next, but he's shagging in the changing room and then he walks out without a helmet on because he doesn't need a helmet to face 90 mile an hour pace. And the scene in which he's in the changing room, he's watching the game on, on an iPhone whilst he's getting busy. And then it takes a minute worth of screen time for him to walk out to the middle. Yeah, it's very alpha. He gives the, the bowler some lip as he's walking out to the middle and then sort of punches his... Um, partner as he sort of goes for a gentle piss bump he's sort of like what's that one called a hook he hooks him um and then it's hits like the six first ball and the then room. then we're in so yeah it's great what i mean i sent you i did send you the the opening uh clip and if that doesn't make you want to watch i don't know what will on the actual Mumbai side, Mumbai Indians, there's loads for us to get our teeth into today. Uh, but biggest of all, the conclusion of the Dream 11 IPL 2020. Here's what happened as Mumbai Indians took on the Delhi Capitals in Dubai. Trent Woods, left arm over, Marcus Stoinis, right-handed batsman in stride, IPL 2020. Oh, oh! 
Right, first runs. Shikhar Dhawan said, I like this final. It started well. Yeah! Shikhar Dhawan has been cleaned up. There he goes, straight back. This is the Rishabh Pant we've known. This has gone the distance. Well played, Shreyas Iyer. Delia coming, storming back into this game. In the air, in the air, and gone. A very, very important wicket for Nathan Coulton Isle. Well, lovely slower ball, Trent Bolt. Pace and swing up front. Delhi Capitals have posted 156. Oh, shot. Quinton de Kock. What's the word you want to look for? Audacious. Oh, shot. Oh, he was born to play the shot. Or can you say the pull shot was made for Rohit Sharma? 45 for no loss after four. Come on, that's him gone. Desperately needed. Take another. Take another. This is vintage Rohit Sharma. He's not a big man, but he did a big six. Ishan Kishan, what a revelation he's been. That is brilliant. Yadav has plucked a brilliant catch. And all season long, the Mumbai Indians have been head and shoulders above every other team. And now the defending champions are champions once again. Back-to-back -back titles for Rohit Sharma and his men. So very, very easy in the end for Mumbai Indians, wrapping up their fifth IPL title. They're the most dominant T20 franchise on the planet at the moment. Best team in the tournament by a country mile. What ultimately separated them from the rest, Satch? Uh, I mean, as we've talked about on previous episodes, just stacked from start to finish in terms of the, the lineup, batting, bowling, well, you know, openers, finishes, middle order, spin bowling, fast bowling, they've got it all. Now, you, we, one of the reasons why they are so stacked, like we said last week, is they've done really well in the auction. One of the best things they've done is highlighting young Indian talent early so that they can snap them up in the auction quite quite quickly. They've been helped by the fact that two of their really good batsmen, Ishan Kishan and Suryak Mariadov, are both uncaptained in players, which makes them a lot cheaper and uh, makes it a lot easier for them to retain them in the side. So when you've got that depth of Indian talent in your team, you know, even in uncapped Indian talent, as well as the international talent, you've got the most complete side in the tournament in the world. Nine impossible to beat because of it. Do you, I'm actually going to come back to that with a question for you, Satch. Do you think that those um, those Indian players are going to get capped soon then? Because it does seem like an extraordinary sort of depth to, the, to that Indian side. If it was up to me, I would I would have put them in the team. Surya Kumar Yadav and Ishan Kishan had to take them to Australia. The Indian selectors, I, I'm not convinced the Indian selectors know how to select for T20. It's one of the things Nasser Hussain talked about a few years ago um, for Sky Sports when India were touring England. He said, India do many things in cricket really well. They've got fabulous players got a fabulous T20 tournament. One thing they don't do well is select, and I'm not convinced they select well in, in T20 at all. I think one of the... There's, there's a traditionalism in Indian selection for T20 in that they look for players who are kind of classical, elegant play shots that you would typically associate with, you know, test match players playing along the ground. Whereas we've seen that T20 success, like the West Indies, comes from players who can smash the ball miles. They don't play in that traditional sense anymore. And... It probably explains why BCCI would like to select players like Shreya who I think is very good. But those sorts of classical batsmen, rather than going for power pack players like Bishop Pant, Ishan Kishan. And I mean, Surya Kumar Yadav is actually not a, uh, he's not a big hitter of the cricket ball. He's actually probably quite a classical player, but 
based on his IPL performances, he, he can he can he can do it all with the strike rate as well. So I, I hope they will get captain. I mean, Suryakumar Yav is not young anymore. He's, he's I think he's 29, 30. I I, I hope he gets a chance because he's been knocking on the door now for a few years with consistent strong IPL performances. I think it, to be fair, really he also see... really raised it this year, didn't he, Satch? I think he raised his strike rate from something like 120 to 150 over this tournament, which was really impressive, actually. And he didn't he didn't try and play hoiks. He kind of kept to his classical game and just added in a couple of that lofted drive over cover, which is class. But yeah, he really managed to step it up while not changing the way he plays. Absolutely. He's, he's a bit like KL Rahul in that sense. He, 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 can, he can hit the ball. He can he can go along at a good strike rate, but playing classical shots and he, he effectively translates some of those classical shots into airborne shots like that lofted cover drive. And Gael Rahul is, is fan, has got a fantastic one of them in his locker as well. But yeah, that, that's that's definitely been the big thing that has improved to Mariada this tournament has been the uptick in the strike rate. He's had that average in previous seasons. He's, he's hit the consistent 30s and 40s, but now he's hitting it consistently at 130, 140, 150 strike rate, which... You know, if if you're getting consistent thirties and forties that strike rate, you 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 you're doing a fantastic job for your team. There's there's such an element of extraordinary consistency about them. And I read a really good description on Crick Info that described this tournament as rather than people talking about, oh, look at how well balanced this tournament is, instead it's arguably the most one sided IPL ever. You could make some very convincing arguments that this is arguably the greatest season in IPL history. I mean, no team has ever lost fewer games in a season than this to their three. Their average run uh, run rate per over was about 9.1, and that was half a run better than any other team in the tournament. Their net run rate, in the, it was the highest in IPL history, which was uh, 1.14. The previous best was 0.86 over the course of the tournament. This is extraordinary dominance in the tournament. And if you just look at the final itself, the way the sort of match went and flowed, all the players turned up and did the jobs that they'd done in previous games. I mean, Delhi Capitals had been defeated by Mumbai Indians four times in this in this tournament, exactly the same as last year. Mumbai Indians defeated CSK four times in the tournament. When it's coming to the final, they're just it was it was won at such a canter and at every sort of beat they hit it exactly right. Even if you go back to the first ball where Bolt comes in, gets to in his first ball, and after 3.3 overs, the 22 for three, and you easily put 100 quid on Mumbai to win. Yeah, there was just no wiggle room straight away. I think um, you know you hear, you hear this term banded about the Mumbai Indians come hard from early on, and and that is true. You know, there's there's very little scope for there was very little scope for for Delhi to to get away with how what how well Bolt. Bold. And even if he didn't dismiss Stoinis with that with that first ball, it, it would have been tough for, for Stoinis to get going, given how well that Bolt and and Bumra bowled first up. So yeah, they're on uh, they're on a sort of hiding to nothing from early on, and, and really an uphill battle to try and get competitive score. And as you say, 150 was uh, was nowhere near enough in the end. That start of Mumbai beating Delhi four times this season. Who you know we've described Delhi as a very good side on this podcast a number of times. I think for all intents and purposes, they are a good side. They, they had an end of season slump. But they've got quality across the board. But beating them four times, and like Bertie said, beating CSK four times, I think that's almost as impressive as the tournament win itself. You've beaten the second best side in the tournament comprehensively four times in the tournament. That's that's not that's not in there to shake a stick at really. And again, one of the things we addressed in the last podcast was matchups. I think something that, that's something that Mumbai have done really well. Again, look at Giant Yadav who came in in the final. I think he's played two games this tournament, but he was brought in. 
partly because of his match against Shikhar Dovan, left-handed batsman and Giant Diallo is an He was the one who bowled Shikhar Dovan. It's worked, to, it's worked perfectly. They've got these matchups across the board. They've, they've really done their research on it and it's paying dividends for them. Let's not forget as well we that, you know, Delhi's trump card was their bowling contingent of, of um, Rabada and uh, Norkia who got pumped. Like they, yeah. you know, yeah. they look so ordinary against what is, as we keep saying, a, a seriously impressive Mumbai um, side. And you did, there was a little a bit of me, I'm, you might be the same, that thought, you know, maybe 150 could be enough if, if uh, Delhi get a good start. But, you know, from, from first over, I think it was Ashwin, wasn't it, that bowled the first over? And uh, Rohit in for a, back over his head for a sixth, third or, or fourth ball. It was, um, yeah, the, the Delhi were never at the races, even when Rabada and, and Norkia were coming in. I think it was really interesting just watching the bowling performance overall because obviously Bolt and Bumrah as a tandem are so, so interesting to watch. And of course, Bolt was bought, well, basically traded with Delhi this season because Bolt didn't do everything that Delhi wanted. But in the case of Mumbai, it's like, well, we know Bumrah is in effect our lead bowler. We need Bolt to come in, do one job, nip it around in the power play, do that job and he's taken 16 power play wickets I don't think any player has taken more than that in the power play in an IPL 16 wickets joint most with Mitchell Johnson in 2013 and they controlled it so so well given that Delhi had won the toss decided to go into bat and even when uh, Iron Pants sort of gotten them to about 108 for three after 14 overs they closed it really well held them very well very, very good defensive bowling. Bummer didn't go for any boundaries in the 19th and the final six overs went for only 48 for four and you just sort of felt that it was really the bowling performance that won it for them rather than the batting. It really teed them up. Yeah, definitely. I think I said on the group chat during the game, 160 to 170 is a, a competitive final score. Uh, sorry, score in the final. But, you know, not getting to 160 in the end, I think we only got 150 after that poor last six overs. I think they were behind the eight ball. Delhi would be on the eight ball straight away and then you know Mumbai just came out Ashwin against Rohit was meant to be a bit of a matchup Rohit comes out and pumps him over over his head for six and I think that was the statement right there that Mumbai were going to walk this it was too easy for them after that and Rohit in particular 66 in the final it's not been the finest tournament for him but it, it, it sort of felt very fitting to, for him to wrap it all up with a really classy innings at about eight and over didn't it yeah, I think he played. Um, he played well. I don't know. Satch, Satch had a little jive at him during while he was I don't know forty odd off thirty odd balls, saying that his his place in the India side was uh, was thanks to Sky. Do you want to explain that one? Oh, that's no, no, no. That's just because he, he, he ran <laughs> he ran Surya Kumar Yadav out. He, he he completely sold him down the river. And uh, one of the things I was talking to a friend about during that innings was I think Yadav's coming out here in the, in the last match of the IPL. He wants to make. He's not bothered about winning the trophy here for Mumbai. He's coming out to make a statement to the Indian selectors, and I think he started his innings off with a six and a four. And he, he had that look about him that he just wanted to. He wanted to close the game out. So I think he he would have been a little bit miffed at his last opportunity to put his middle finger up to the Indian selectors as being ousted by Rohit running him out, and you know Rohit being being a, a lock in the India team. I think it was just a bit bit sad for him that it, it ended that way. And that's why I was saying, I think uh, Rohit's going to have to do a bit of apologising to Yadav after the game. Is that the ultimate hallmark of a, of a 
you know, great player, the ability to to come good when it really matters. It's sort of a question that I asked on last week's pod, but he hasn't been scintillating form like some of his teammates had. But you know, when he really needed to, he, he put his hand up and, and put in a put in a knock that, that ultimately won them by the IPL. Yeah, I, I think he's got a half century another IPL final before. Um, but I think he's becoming a bit of a big game player, right? He, he had an unbelievable cricket World Cup in twenty nineteen, scored five tons. He's got a decent IPL record. He's he's a class player. We know he's a class player. We've seen him now on the international stage for over a decade, and he's he's a highly successful white ball player. He's, he's worth having in any team in the world. All right, he's not had a great IPL, but you know he's got that power. He's got that game that can take the match away from the opposition, and he's worth having in any side. If you've got one pick, then Rohit Sharma or uh, Rashid Khan, who are you picking? Oh. Um, for the T20 game, I'd probably pick Rashid Khan. Actually, I think, <laughs> I, th- I think he's he's a consistent match winner. So it's the end of the IPL season, and we've got we've got a few awards to give. These are generally uh, my choice, and there's not much discussion as to uh, <laughs> these are the ones. Someone's ones. actually right, but uh, I run this ship, so uh, so you got to follow me. <laughs> uh, so end of season awards, MVP Rashid Khan. You came very very close. I mean. 20 wickets, uh, just over 17. Uh, economy rate of under 5.4 is astonishing consistency. But looking through the players who set the tournament alight, obviously, Jofra Archer won the official, though less important MVP award. I think we've got to go for a joint award to Bummer and Bolt because ultimately, the way those two work is such a team effort. Together, they bowl so, so well. Bolt taking, between them, taking 52 wickets. Bolt averaging 18, Bumrah averaging 14. But together, they're such an, a great pairing that I think that's where our MVP trophy goes to. Doesn't sound like we have much say in the matter, to be honest. That no, sounds don't. like it's a bit of a cheat, that, to be honest, Bertie. Can't just give it to a pair of players. Two of the best players in the tournament <laughs> go, oh, I'll combine them into one and say, yeah, but you're better than Rashid Khan. My point is, is that given that between them, they absolutely blew sides away and that the job that, for example, Bummer had to do was then made more straightforward by Bolt. I feel like it's the sort of synergistic energy between the two players. No, there is. I, I understand what you're saying. Like, Bummer is, is actually a very good wicket-taking bowler as well. And I, I would love to see him play that role more in either Mumbai or the Indian team. But when you've got Bolt, who's up front in the power play, taking wickets and doing the job there, it's perfect for Mumbai to just say, go on, Bummer, go and sort the death, boat, death overs out and take that role. It, it is a fantastic pair and it, it, it's a perfect compliment. A little bit like the... Uh... Kevin Davis, Nicholas Anelka pairing of Bolton between 2007-2009. I think a bit better than that, Bertie, but I'll let you have it. Anyway, uh, the Blockbuster Award, uh, the one that goes to the one that you just love to watch, it it came down to two big-hitting West Indians. Nicholas Poran, you were a close second. I mean, 35 at an hour, a strike rate of... 170 is insane but I really 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 love how Kieran Pollard just sort of walks out to the middle after Mumbai have already posted a lovely total and this tournament okay he comes in lower down the order and doesn't face as many balls but he averaged 54 at 190 strike rate 22 60s 
268 runs. When he comes out, he's just such a big bloke. You just know stuff is going to happen. And even if he doesn't do it with the ball, just swings his bat and it's going out at Sharjah. He's hit the jackpot, really, hasn't he, in terms of cricketing life. Just he bowls a few overs, comes in with two overs to go, whacks it, and then takes absolute screamers on the boundary. But yeah, I mean, he's such an important part of that Mumbai side, isn't he? His leadership skills are absolutely class. Um, he doesn't do much, but he wins them so many games. Like, you wouldn't look at his stats and say, oh, he's your best player. But the number of games over the years, he's won them. And the momentum he swings is just incredible. I, I wanted to throw a little name into that hat here as well for the Blockbuster Award. The man who's hit the most sixes in the tournament, Ishan Kishan, he's actually been fantastic to watch. I, I can't remember off the top of my head what his average is, but it's up there. He's hit a good strike rate. He scored 99 in a tough chase, was unlucky to miss out on 100. I think he's been fantastic to watch. And I... That's I, if if Bert is the official break, blockbuster award for the wrong one, then my unofficial award is going to him. Unofficial doesn't mean anything. To be fair. <laughs> I, I, don't wanna, I don't want to talk about that lad after he after he snatched the game away from from Punjab with that innings. I'm not happy with him. Anyway, Satch, I will let you give the uh, breakout star award because you know a little bit more about Indian cricket and also what the potential uh, for these breakout stars are for going forward. So, who are you going for? I've got a few names, so I'll talk about them briefly. Um, they have the, the Padikals being, being really good. I think he scored over 400 runs. He scored at a decent strike rate at the top of the order there for Bangalore, opening the pattern. Tall, elegant, left-handed batsman. Bit of a ganguly about him, actually. But he's, be, he's been fantastic to watch this tournament. He's set Bangalore off to good starts, and I think he's got a shout. The other one has been Nadarajan at Sunrises Hyderabad, who's actually got himself a place in the India squad. I think. I think he's got a place in the Indian squad. If he hasn't, he should have. Um, he has. He has, hasn't he? I, I, I was doubting myself there. The man loves bowling Yorkers. He, he was born to bowl Yorkers. Now, you know, you can debate the the merits of bowling Yorkers at the death, as Ian Bishop has done on commentary many times. But if you if you want to say that it's a very effective ball, then he's got it nailed. He, he, I think he had one over in the in the semi-final or the eliminator, as it's called. And he just bowled six six Yorkers in the last over on the trot. And it was, it was incredible. Um, I think he's got a big shout. A couple of young leggies as well. Um, Ravi Bishnoi's been fantastic, I think, for the Kings XI Punjab. He's only about 19 or 20. And to show the control that he has in legs, been at that age, is, is bodes well for India going forward. And Varun Chakravarti's been really good for KKR. He's got a really interesting life story. Being in and out of cricket, trained as an architect, decided he want to go back to cricket again. And got a place in the India squad on, on the off the back of the IPL. Unfortunately, he's, he's injured and he's had to be pulled out from the squad. But I think he's been another breakout star. If I'm going to pick one of them for the for the award, because we've I'm got about eleven candidates. Going to say moment. I'm going to say Nadrajan. There you, you can pick two. The one that Bertie matters. Did. <laughs> <laughs> did they not have to be from the same team though? No. So you can combine them into one. <laughs> let's let's go Padikal and Nadrajan then. It'd be well best all rounder. <laughs> And despite the fact that the winning team in this year's IPL has been entertaining, dominant, done everything, I think uh, in a slightly unbiased fashion, we have to give the Entertainers Award to the one and only Kings Eleven Punjab. Because not only were they involved in two Super Over matches, or a total of three Super Overs, because one of them went to a second Super Over, they're phenomenally inconsistent. You get your hopes up so much as they make a bid charge, but they'll 
always come crashing down. They've got some great flying batsmen. Nick Puran just comes in there and biffs it about. Best team to watch. Rather sheepish, Satch. Doesn't believe that that's, an, that's enough compensation for crushing the helps again. Just one second. I mean, also, we spent the last two podcasts saying how good Mumbai Indians are, and uh, Kings Eleven swatted them away like one of those uh, electric fly zappers. Yeah, how many times did Delhi Capitals swat them away? No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah, Punjab have been, beyond the bias, they have been the most exciting team to watch for me. Two Super Overs is fantastic. But they've got some great players. Look, you know, we've talked about Puran as being blockbuster. KL Rahul and Mayankar have been fantastic to watch up at the top. And that's and, it. You know, if if you're a team that's if you support the team that's playing Punjab, then it's great to watch Chris Jordan get pumped at the death as well. So, <laughs> what more could you want? <laughs> what more could you want? Right, we'll be back with you shortly. Right after this. One more, once again, it's Trimble. This time down the leg side. Why are they back. called the Deccan Chargers if Deccan's not a place? Plateau, mate. Huh? It's a plateau. I assume it's also yeah, it's a plateau. plateau. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a plateau. A plateau. It's like the Sussex Downs pl- Warriors. Hyderabad's on the Deccan plateau. Could call like the Cotswolds Kings if uh, Gloucestershire decided to rebrand. <laughs> it sounds like what they'd be in like pro evolution cricket. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, find me a IPL team name which doesn't sound like a pro evolution cricket name. What's bad actually? My um, old school where I went and where I did my teacher training of because they can't play against any other schools, each year group has set up like a tournament for all their game of P lessons. And they've called them like, they named them after IPL teams. <laughs> but they're so badly executed, but so poorly executed. Like the school's in a place called North Camp. So there's the North Camp Night Riders. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's terrible. So every week we ask for your Indian cricket questions to feed into our Indian cricket encyclopedia in the form of Satch. He might sound scouse, but there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of Indian in him. So so he's filling the chai. <laughs> well, how do India always be better than England? How do I get Virat to father my kids? Why are Punjab so bad? Spilling the chai with Satch. <sighs> Right, so this week's Spilling the Chai is from Niall in London. I don't know much about captaincy, but what with Rohit leading Mumbai Indians to IPL greatness and Kohli's RCB consistently failing to reach such heights, is there any logic in lessening the load for Virat in the national white ball side and having passed the captaincy to Rohit? I've got to say, these lads in London like sending me controversial questions, don't they? It's uh, putting me on the spot here. Well, the second half of that question about lessening the load on Virat in... On, in the international stage, I think is a very valid one. It's one I've thought about for a while. He, he's got the most incredibly hectic schedule of playing all three formats, captain in all three formats, and playing the playing the IPL and captain in that. I mean, the, the man prides himself on his fitness and his mental toughness, and you know, there's some arguments to and say that he, he just loves the competition and loves he thrives off competition all year round. But surely it's got to take some mental toll on the man, and for that reason, I think. There is a very good argument for that reason alone to take the captaincy off him. The other argument is that actually as a captain, he's not been that successful in, in, in white ball cricket. RCB have been perennial underachievers. Whether that's down to his captaincy, I don't know. But there has been talk for a while that he's not tactically the most astute. Virat Kohli leads on the field by example. 
we've we've all seen him. He's a, he's a phenomenally fiery cricketer, and he gets in the opposition's face, and he, he likes to build the team in his image. But when it comes to tactics, he's he's often left wanting. On the flip side, Rohit Sharma has actually been talked about as very tactically astute on a number of occasions, and his white ball record in the IPL is incredible. He's got, I think, as captain, he's won five IPLs with the Mumbai Indians, and I think he was captain in the Champions League as well. And he's he's been vice captain for the Indian national side for a while now, and he's he's taken over the reins of captaincy while they're after being away from various reasons, whether he's been rested, um, and he won the Asia Cup in 2018 Rohit, as captain. I don't think Virat actually won anything on the international stage as captain of the white ball side. So it's difficult there is an argument to say that Rod should take well. over him. I, I actually would. I, I would give it to Rod mainly because I'm worried about the toll his schedule is taking on, on him, Virat's schedule is taking on him. And I think he's the only viable candidate for the test captaincy at the moment because Rod, while he's done well recently in, in tests at home, he's not necessarily locking the side, whereas Virat is. So... Yeah, I would. I, I would give it to. I would give it to Rohit in, in white ball. To be honest, you can't imagine Virat would take it very well, though. He's not the kind Absolutely of bloke not. to stand at first slip passively while someone else does the job he wants. Absolutely not. He would. He would be absolutely ticking behind the scenes. He'd have some words with the selectors. He'd have some words with the BCCI. Let's not underestimate how powerful the guy is in the BCCI. You know, we talk about the BCCI having power, but within that, he's a very, very important man. I, I can't see it happening. I don't think he's going to allow it. I, I don't think he... I think at this stage of his career, he's not going to want to play under anybody else. There's always been a little bit of rivalry between Rohit and Virat as well. They've played you know, the similar ages. They both burst onto the scene at the same time. And early on in their careers, it was Rohit who's talked about as the, the one who's more talented. And I think there's a great article on cricket and talking about Virat watching Rohit in the under-19 World Cup and hiding behind his sofa just how good Rohit is. And I think there's always been that kind of rivalry between the two players and it's always been in the back of Virat's mind that even though he's been maybe more successful, or definitely has been more successful on the international stage, Rohit's always had that reputation of being the more talented or more elegant or more good to watch. And I can't see him taking it well at all if, if he was stripped of the captaincy. On the topic of Virat, uh, here's this one in from Steph who says... I've seen recently that Virat is not going to be playing in the final three test matches of the India-Australia season. Has this gone down well at home? <laughs> I mean, how selfish of the man to decide to have a kid around around the time of a massive series in Australia. He could have timed that one better. Good deal. I would, look, he's on paternity leave. But I think he'd have to have a heart of stone to, to, to deny any man paternity leave and you know it's a shame that he's it's coincided with this Australia tour but if he needs to go home for the birth of his child and needs to go home that's Satch would you rather Kohli was there for his child for a little bit of time or India won the World Test Championship uh, uh, I'd like to think that last five seconds of silence was telling um, <laughs> no, no comment there are about a billion people in the world who probably rather India won the World Test Championship, I think. I, would, I mean, I, I would love to watch India win the te- World Test Championship probably more than I'd love to watch them win the Cricket World Cup, to be honest. <laughs> Morally, I think, yes, I would say he needs to be there for the birth of his child. You can't deny any man that, but I, I, I'm not I'm not entirely... Um, it's, it's not ideal, let's say, that it's, it's, it's going to affect our chances of winning the World Test Championship. <laughs> to put it simply, I'm sure it'd be lovely 
for Virat, Virat Jr. and Mrs. Virat to have Virat around for the birth <laughs> That's of That's enough Sharma to you. But ultimately, there's 1.2 to 1.3 billion people who would benefit from Virat's uh, test match performances. So I think it's, it's a selfish trade-off. Mm. What can you do? So that's everything we've got for you this week. A slightly shorter one for you, I know. But do make sure that you tune in to us next week for something that's a little bit different. We'll be discussing one of the big sort of topics of conversation which has been flying around the tournament on English shores. And I know the lads wanted to treat it with a little bit more depth and gravitas than we perhaps normally do. And that question is, why don't Pakistan players play in the IPL? Until then, see you soon. Cheers, boys. Cheers, Cheers guys.